Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be All right, I get to talk to men of hope. Man, I've already got y'all worked up from the get-go. Um, if any of you work guys have steel-toe shoes out in your work truck, you might want to go out and get them right now. This is going to be one of them ones, okay? Whenever I think about a manly warrior, I think about Joshua. Those of you that know Joshua, that military guy, he was the, he was the John Wayne of the Israelites. And he was you know, as tough and military slick as Joshua was, he did suffer a major, major defeat. You know, and we're talking about warfare. Guys, if you want to know what there is out there that can cause you to be that good and still get beat, don't you want to know what it is? That's what I want to know. When we're talking about strengthening it up and doing all these great things, and I know you've been hearing a lot of good speakers, but there's also things that can tear you down and make you get whooped no matter how good you are. I think that bears observation for our, on our part. So what was it that caused Joshua to suffer defeat? Let me set it up here in Joshua 6 and 18. They were commanded. They're about to go into Jericho. He says, and you by all means abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. And so, what are these accursed things? Well, he just told us what they are. That was gold, silver, and bronze, things of a, a monetary value. But they also, they also had a pagan religious emphasis on it too. After being lost a long time in the desert for 40 years... And he's just, the Lord is just now getting them into the promised land. And even after the, the golden calf worship, Joshua is fiercely obedient to the Lord. He is, a, he is not about to let them start mess, messing it up all over again like they did recently. You're going to come into the land. You need to come into the land clean and not with that influence. So now turn forward into Joshua 7 and 1. We know what they're not supposed to do. Now they've been doing good and having victories, but that's what they were told, don't do this. Joshua 7 and 1. But, I just, oh, that word can sometimes snag you. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now, guys, look at this. One guy, just one guy did this, and the Lord's anger burned against who? Israel. One guy. Well, Achan's the guy that, that did it, not me. 
No, it says the anger of the Lord burned against all the children of Israel. Don't you just hate it when one knucklehead ruins it for the rest of us. Okay, so Joshua 7 and 2. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them saying, go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, do not let all the people go up, but let about eh, two or 3,000 men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. So about 3,000 men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men. For they chased them from before the gate as far as, as, far as she- Shebarim. I'm a redneck, forgive me if I mess that one up. As far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Bad defeat. The great Joshua. You know, if you look ahead in chapter 8, it says there was not few people at Ai. There wasn't wasn't few like they were saying. There was actually about 12,000 people there. And so Joshua seriously underestimated the enemy. You ever underestimate your enemy? You guys have been playing football in high school or whatever, and you thought, we can beat them, and you get clobbered? You underestimated your enemy, and they got you. And because they underestimated the enemy, 36 men paid the ultimate price for that mistake. And guys, this is what sin does. It destroys, pure and simple. Joshua 7 and 6. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you, hear that, guys? Why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off our name from the earth, then what will you do for your great name? You think Joshua's defeated too? Yeah, he's whipped. Look at the full effect of the trouble that this curse has caused. Now even Israel's great military leader is totally defeated. You know, guys, Satan likes to go after the leadership because if he can take the leadership down, He takes everybody under the leadership down. This is why you really need to be praying for your pastors here at this church. The the enemy goes after them, and if he can get them, it's going to affect you. You're in that as well. So remember, back when Joshua was one of the spies that Moses sent to spy out the land, back in the book of Numbers, and only Joshua and Caleb came back from that spying out the land for 40 days. Only Joshua and Caleb said, we can take them. We can do it. Joshua is one of the only of two guys that did that. But now even the great Joshua is saying, we can't take them. We can't do it. This breaks my heart. Have you ever gotten like this before? I'm the first one to say yes. God, I can't do it. I've been a pastor now for seven years. I'm still the green newbie. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I've said, God, I can't do it. 
If a pastor tells you, I've never said that, oh, yeah. He's saying we can't take them, we can't do it. And even though Joshua knew the promises that God had sworn to Israel, he was blaming God for their failure. Did you see that? Why did you do this, God? He should have considered that the problem was not God, but that the problem was somewhere else. Guys, do you ever take caution to do that? God, why did you? Wait a minute. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's somebody among me. Whenever you feel defeated, don't blame God. It's better to think on the promises of God first so that the cause of your defeat can be identified. Joshua 7 and 10. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Now, I just love that. Guys, you ever had one of your kids have a tantrum? Get up. That's kind of what I see. The Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you thus lie on your face? Israel has sinned. You see him correcting him? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Guys, that's sharp. Joshua blamed God, but God said, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, Israel sinned, I didn't do it. Y'all did it. Israel transgressed my covenant. And God told Joshua exactly what the problem was. He told him exactly. Somebody stole some of the accursed things from that wicked Jericho. Therefore, they could not stand before their enemies. That's the cause right there. That's why you got beat. Because you disobeyed. You took some accursed things that's in your camp. Now Joshua knows what's going on. And if God had told me what Joshua heard, if I had, imagine if you ever heard these words, guys. Imagine if God told you, I won't be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Guys, what would you be doing? I'd be getting the accursed things out of my life as quickly as I could. Wow, that would light a fire wouldn't it? Joshua seven thirteen. get up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow because thus th- says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. Now, guys, this right here is undoubtedly the key passage in this whole chapter right here. Underline, Highlight whatever you have to do where it says you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. That's the whole pivotal thing in this message today. And so this is why Joshua was defeated. Joshua, Israel's great military leader, a warrior's warrior, a general's general. This is why he was defeated because there's an accursed thing in the camp. And when sin is in your camp, you cannot stand before your enemies. Now, if, if you don't remember anything else I say today, at least remember this, that you cannot stand before your enemies until you get the accursed things out. That, if that's all you hear, then okay, but don't lose that. 
That's the whole basis here. And so God commanded them to sanctify themselves, which means purify, clean up, get right. And I want you to take notice of the time frame shown to us in verse 13. God tells the people, sanctify yourselves for when? For today? For right now? When did he say? For tomorrow. For tomorrow. Can you see that God is allowing people time He's giving them time to get right. And that even includes Achan, the guy that took it. Back when Israel arrived at Jericho, God did not say, let's walk, knock down the walls on the first day. He said, march around for seven days. First of all, that's seven days to glorify God. But for those who were on the other side of the wall, that's a whole week to repent. He gave them time. You remember Rahab the harlot? She was inside the walls of Jericho and she was trying to get her family to get right with the God of Israel so that they could hide in her house where that scarlet cord was hanging in the window, the place of God's safety and salvation. It was a sign not to attack there. They had a whole week to get under the Lord's salvation. And so now here in chapter seven, he's giving them all night to get right. And that includes Achan. That includes Achan. Well, Ray, how do you know that includes Achan? Because God told Joshua what the problem was, but he did not tell him who the problem was. Achan has an opportunity. He's got all night. So why do you think God did not just call Achan out by name and just get it over with? Hey, go get that guy, Achan. Let's get it out of here and let's go. Why did he say you've got till tomorrow? He's giving Achan time. Even Achan has an opportunity. Joshua 7 and 14. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to families, and the family which the Lord takes shall come by households, and the household which the Lord takes shall come man by man. Then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire. He and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. So God's going to purge out this secret thing, tribe by tribe, family by family, household by household, and man by man. Now, he's going to narrow it down, step at a time. Now, how was this done? Because I, I like to understand what's going on, what's happening. It's possible that they use what is known as the Urim and the Tumen, if you've heard of that. It, it, it's, uh, it's like two stones or something that was like casting lots. It came up with a binary answer, a yes or a no, that people would use to get an, uh, an answer from God. And this was approved of by the Lord because even the priests had an uh, Urim and a Tumen in their pocket and their ephod, and it was often used in the Bible. And so whatever the process was of narrowing it down, I just wanted to at least throw that as a possibility to give you an idea of how this was all going to go down. But I want you to, the bigger point I want you to understand is that this was all going to go down publicly. It's not going to be hush, hush, quiet. Everybody's going to see it because the whole nation's involved. Everybody's going to witness the Lord's work of purging out this sin. Joshua 7 and 16. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. He brought the clan of Judah, and he took the family of the Zerahites. 
And he brought the family of the Zerhites, man by man, and Zabdi was taken. See how it's closing in? Verse 18. Then he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Bullseye. God don't miss. Look at how many layers of processes all night, then this step, then that step, then that step, then that step, that God worked it down, worked it down, worked it down to get down to exposing Achan. Now, I want to ask again, why did God put everybody through this long process of narrowing it down instead of just saying to Joshua, Achan did it, he lives over there, go get him. Why all this process here? Because God was still offering Achan the chance to repent. Put yourself in Achan's shoes for a minute. You're watching the entire nation get divided down. And with every decision that's made, it always ends up in the crowd that you're standing in. Wouldn't that cause a little pressure on you? Uh, I better say something. It would me. You would start thinking, I better cough it up. Only somebody who denies the power of God would think, nah, there's no way it'll land on me. And guess what, guys? There's a lot of people that think like that. Nah, you're never going to find me. It's not going to come down on me. Because I'm a believer. I know that God has the power to wrap me out, though. That's the difference with me. I'm a believer. I know God's power. I know that if I do something wrong, one of my brothers is going to get a phone call from God, and they're going to call me up and say, Ray, what are you doing? And it's going to scare me, and that's why that's good accountability for me. But Achan would not cough it up, even though every time it narrowed down to him, to him, to him, to him. Eventually, you'd think, uh, I think I better say something. But now, it's too late. Judgment has come. Joshua seven nineteen. Now Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils, a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. And there they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver under it, and they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel, and laid them out before the Lord. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent. Are y'all seeing this, guys? And all that he had. And they brought them to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. Then they raised over him a great heap of stones, still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. Woo! Man, that'll keep you up at night. Valley of Achor, that means, Achor, it means gloomy, dejected, sad, depressed. The Valley of Gloom. That's certainly what it was, right? 
And about that Babylonian garment that he found, you know, later on in Israel's history, because of willful sin, they all ended up with a Babylonian wardrobe when they were taken into captivity. But as I read this story, I wish I could ask Achan, why did you hide it? Why were you silent? Why didn't you say something? You were given a golden opportunity. You were given all night, but you blew it. That's what I wish I could say to him. Joshua said to Achan, give glory to God, to the Lord. And although Achan admitted his sin, he never did glorify God, did he? Achan's confession was not a confession of, I'm sorry, Lord, repentance. It was a confession of, I got caught. It's like politicians, all of a sudden they're sorry, but that's after they get caught. Well, now judgment has to happen. He was sorry he got caught, and he said about it because he didn't want to face the consequences. Guys, a whole night passed, and Achan refused to confess until after judgment arrived. But now it's too late. And so here's my closing points that I want to make. 2 Corinthians 7.10. For godly sorrow produces what? Repentance. Guys, we need to get used to saying that word because the world hates it. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Not to be regretted, but the sorrow of, of the world produces death. Achan was sorry for what he had done, but it was not godly sorrow. Had it been godly sorrow, then Achan would have been saved from this. He would have confessed. But Achan's sorrow was worldly sorrow, the fact that he'd gotten caught. And that worldly sorrow produced death for him. And what's worse is it also took out his whole family and everything he had with him. Because it's apparent that they supported the crime he committed. Now, it's too late for Achan now. Get them steel toe shoes on. It's too late for Achan now, but you know, there's a lot of Achans all over the place right now. Those who have hidden sin that they have buried, that they think nobody will ever find out about. And guess what? There may not be a soul on earth that does know, but God knows. Sin such as adultery, abuse, drugs, alcoholism, you just fill in the blank. And guys, let me just go ahead and say this and... I don't mean this to shame anybody, and I'm not looking at anyone. I'm looking down because I don't want to eyeball anyone. I say this because I love you and because I want us all to make an effort to get this dead elephant out of the room. Pornography. I say this because I don't want you to keep it hidden like Achan did because that is an accursed thing in the camp. And you saw what it did to Achan. Don't deny that the power of God could do the same to you. Luke 12 and 2, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed nor hidden that will not be known. Friends, God knows what you're hiding. Don't beat yourself up right now because right now you're getting that opportunity that Achan passed up. You're getting the opportunity to confess that and repent of it right now. God has a way of exposing what you're hiding. And if your refusal to repent means that he has to expose it the way he did with Achan publicly, and painfully, then it could possibly hurt those you love around you. This ain't just about you. It's about your family and everything you own. Thank 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.